1: Entrepreneurs, intrapreneurs, helping to diversify the industry. This week on Business of the Beat. People often
0: ask, "Well, how did you do it?" But it's though it's it's cute after the fact when it's validated, and they're like, "Oh, I want to do it after that." But the, it's like you gotta jump before you have the evidence. You have to have enough inside trust inside of you that I've got it, that I'm willing to let go of something that the world tells you is is the mountaintop.
1: I have to thank today's guest, Sharia Jackson, founder of Shine Army and executive wellness coach, for inspiring today's beauty report on the topic of transformation, transformation of self, and for us, transformation of our entire beauty industry. While the coronavirus impact on industries like healthcare and education has been obvious and much discussed across the news, it is also accelerating the digital transformation of a less obvious industry, ours, beauty. I read a report in Forbes that overall sales of cosmetics and beauty related products and services have grown to become more than a $160 billion industry with projections to grow to over 5.5% in the upcoming years. But the pandemic has likely hastened that growth curve and is forcing the entire industry to rethink everything from products to marketing to delivery channels. I have heard stories of women turning to semi-permanent lipstick tattoos to avoid smears by face coverings that we all have to wear, as well as more home waxing kits, and now more ways to dye and color your hair, your eyebrows, and even polish your toes. Now more than ever, it is up to us to help identify And then champion technologies, people, and in the case of Sharia, coaching to reimagine and transform how customers can experience, purchase, and use beauty products. This is going to be so much fun. Um, I'm so excited to welcome my next guest, Sharia Jackson, to Business of the Beat podcast. So, Sharia, before I talk about how amazing you are, I have to say, like, I just remember our last time in real life, in a restaurant in New York at the Empire State Building I don't. I don't even know what's happened since then.
0: <laughs> I mean, that? I mean, that we're talking a pre twenty twenty years, so that doesn't even count. It's a whole new right. world. <laughs> so nice to meet cool.
1: you again. Hi, hello. <laughs> I know we're like it's good to see you. Um, so for all of our listeners, Shreya Jackson is a communications consultant and founder of her coaching program, Shine Army. She began her career as an editorial assistant at Essence magazine and then became the senior editor for over a decade. Jackson has experience working for fashion and beauty PR firm with clients such as Noxzema, House of Harlow, Tresemme. She is also the author of Boss Bride, which I have in my own personal library, the powerful women's playbook for love and success. She is passionate about health and wellness and serves as, as an ambassador for power to decide and starred in the CDC's HIV testing campaign, Doing It. She was also named the National Association of Professional Women, Woman of the Year. So, welcome! Yes!
0: yes. Excited to be here. So excited to be here. Oh, my gosh. And I love you, and I love that you are unlocking your incredible knowledge and your network. So I'm buckled up to listen and share.
1: Thank you. Well, please, please, please share. This is about both of us coming together. And I just want to start with with this. I follow your IG, and I think that, of course, and I know you in real life, but I have just been so inspired every time I go there. It's such a source of inspiration, and it's just contagious how you uplift people. So just kind of fill me in, right? Because we met in the Essence days and Essence Fest and all of the, the that. So now we have Shine Army. I read about Wheat Street Baptist Church. So what's the evolution? <laughs> what, is the, what are you
0: doing? Oh, my gosh. This is a question, right?
1: <laughs> really, um,
0: and my my the ways I serve have expanded, but the mission has stayed the same. And I'm simply on the planet um, to support people to own their story and share their story with the world. And so that's something I'm super excited at. my core, I'm a storyteller and a messenger. and one of the most important things we ever do is to honor our own story. So that's what I do as a coach. That's what I do as a minister. I'm at I'm I'm one year of being on the ministry team at my childhood church in Atlanta, Wheat Street. Shout out to Wheat Street. I'm also um, on the ministry team at my second church home, Change Church, which is based out of New Jersey with locations around the world. Um, and and it, it's funny because I would love to be like, wow, like that's amazing. But even as I'm sitting talking right now i'm in my office and i have a vision wall and i have a portrait of my third great grandparents grand sylvia and grand jerry who were both born into slavery and my third great grandfather founded 14 churches after he started while he was still in slavery he used to like host church services under he made like almost like a kind of almost looks like a teepee fortress of, of branches and then he was given land and built a church and went on to pastor 14 churches (laughs) I should like be like, um, you know, so it's in the blood and and part of me honoring my own legacy is part of helping other people realize that we all have a legacy. Right. So when I met you in the days of as an editor and still a journalist, I still am a contributor now for Elle in the New York Times. It's all about the power of story. And so for me, that's always been sort of the core thread for me is the power of story and what happens when we own our story. What happens when we pick up the pen and write your own story, which I do with my clients. And then as a consultant, I help great brands better tell their own stories.
1: I mean, there's so much in what you said in terms of we can all be storytellers. And I think it's so important to come to the table for ourselves and to help write our story, not even to help, but to drive and to write our story. And like, there's so much power in picking up a pin, like so much in technology and like always being on your phone. But I really believe there's something about journaling and this power of storytelling for yourself to help move you forward. And the other thing that you mentioned was just legacy. You know, I, I read and, and it's on your site and I'm Wow. It's so paramount because people toss around legacy all the time. We're both around a lot of different people who call themselves legends. And mm-hmm. so you said that you always include your middle initial K to honor Katie, your great grandmother, and that you said you were named after her because it's part of your legacy and that you really encourage people to live their legacy. And you just said it again. It's about honoring. So what does what does legacy mean like what does it actually mean why is it so important
0: yeah mm-hmm. my, my heart first thank you for sharing and you know it's in, like there's not a sharia h jackson or a sharia b jackson so the fact that i include the k is not necessary right it's not like if i just <laughs> google my first name i'm it hey and <laughs> so sad to say it's it's but i started doing that the year my her daughter my grandmother passed away in 2009 and i just I felt like I I was missing that connection. And so what legacy is and why it's important is it honors the fact that we all come to this planet with an inheritance. You all we all because to your point, it's not about the world's definition of what a legend is, but we all are inside of a legacy. And so we miss out on so much power Um, and and fuel for our lives when we don't tap into what legacies am I part of? And yes, it's a part of your family, but it's not just your family. I'm very proud. I'm a Howard University graduate. I served on the, um, I was managing editor at our newspaper, which was founded by Zora Neale Hurston in 1924. And then over, you know, Eighty years later, I'm there as an editor because she started something. So I, even now, it's funny you mentioned that one of the uh, the free coaching programs that's launching next week is called Legend, and it's all about helping people. Because I realize for me, that's really one of my 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 strengths. People say, "Oh my gosh, you're so strong, you're fearless." I'm not fearless, but what I am is courageous, and what I also am is clear. And when you start to really tap into legacy, it gives you clarity because you're like, oh, wow, I don't have to do everything by myself. Oh, wow, there are people who are part of my community. So you get to be a part of the worlds that you inhabit. And even anywhere you go, you don't feel so alone because we are in a time in society where people, the rates of loneliness are astronomical. And, you know, these pandemics have only exasperated that issue that people feel isolated and alone. So one of the antidotes for that is connection. And one of the ways you can really charge connection is to say, what is, what legacy am I a part of? But also what legacy am I building? Who's coming behind me? What are my ways to sort of step up and ensure that the work that I'm generating and creating isn't lost when I'm no longer able to run it?
1: I mean, it's so powerful. And I think that that's one of the things, you know, especially in COVID, people talk about being isolated because we've been quarantines, and you can be in a room full of people and still feel isolated. But when you're physically isolated, it really does do something to you. And I think that it's also brought about this sense of mortality, you know. And I I think about like my husband and we lost his aunt in the middle of COVID, and how it's just changed the way that you grieve, the way that you show up. But it also starts to make you think about legacy, and and it's exactly what you said, like what legacy are you building? And that our legacy is so much more than just what ourselves, like what's rooted in ourselves. And we can sometimes become selfish (laughs) in that regard. Or I think as, you know, founders and leaders as you are, like we sometimes forget to ask for help or to lean into that community. And it's so important. Like you said, it's like, it's, you know, it's, to be courageous and to have a community so that you have this connection. And I really just think that as as humans, we were meant to be connected and in community. And it's so against where we are right right now in terms of being able to tap into that. And I, I like this notion of fearless, I'm not necessarily fearless, but I'm courageous. And I want you to talk about that because I think people love to throw around. I get it all the time. You're fearless, you're fearless. And I'm like, well, actually, I turn fear to faith because if you're not scared, then there's also something wrong because you need to be a little scared and uncomfortable and move into the prickliness of life. But you talk about being courageous and clear. Walk me through that as a means to clarity that you said. Go deeper there. Yeah and I and I and I think I just love this
0: conversation and I and I love you for holding space for conversations like this because it is important because I think there's easy particularly in the days of social media it's easy to just see the results and the receipts and the the highlight reels to not know that what people really feel on the inside. And so to your point, I think any great leader, any great person who's looking to make an impact, you are choosing a large dose of fear to come with you because even if your biggest dreams will scare you because it is outside of your comfort zone. So people think that they can stay right in their comfort zone and have an extraordinary life when it doesn't live there. You literally have to leave the neighborhood of your comfort zone to go get the thing you've never had. And so, one of the the mantras we use in my community, particularly in, in, um, for a lot of my clients who are looking to do more media and speaking, we say knees knocking, still walking knees not because it's like it's scaring you. We're pressing sin <laughs> to people to be on stages, like we're pressing sin for incredible things, and I, you know I, we say press in again and again. But part of it is, and I still, and I'm very transparent of the ways that the scariest moments, because inside of the scariest moment, to your point, is also where. Um, so many blessings. But part of what allows us to move in spite of the fear is the courage of actually fear isn't driving this ship. And I love Elizabeth Gilbert. She's got this dear fear letter where she talks about, you know, I'm about to go on, about to go on this exciting adventure fear. You can be in the car. You cannot drive. You cannot touch the radio. <laughs> and so you got to check fear. So I think for some of you, you've been waiting to when you don't feel afraid. And when when you don't feel afraid, you're playing too small. So, you know, as I say it all the time, I'm your to stop playing small coach. So if you're waiting to feel excited and that you got it to get moving, you will never move. And so, but underneath all of that, to your point, is the clarity. When you're clear about who you are, when you're clear about why you are, then the fear does not have so much control. And so you talk about my journey and I often share it, you know, before turning 25, I had battled cancer. I had been laid off from in the recession. I had found out I was the other woman in a new relationship unbeknownst to me. And so I say that to say um, I had to face real, the real life real early. And so it made me clear because I, I didn't have the luxury of pretending that I have forever to live. I didn't have the luxury of pretending that someone else was going to come save me. Or that I had to look for love outside of myself. And so that's where the clarity comes. So it's not that I don't know. I'm, I'm throwing stuff at the wall too. I'm hoping the launch goes well too. But I know I can't, you know, really what do I have to lose in trying? And so I think for a lot of people, um, resetting who you, who you are with yourself and resetting ultimately what you're up to will give you access to more power.
1: It's, you know, whenever you say like, you can't lose in trying and even resetting yourself, like everything really just resonates with me because there is something, you know, at 25, you're really trying to figure it out. You may have your first job and, you know, in in your story, and you talk about all the things that had happened by then and you were immediately placed, but you continue to keep going, which of course has led us here. And I think about this notion of like, you can't lose in trying. I remember when I was at Ralph Lauren and I literally, I was the first director of digital media, thought I was gonna be there forever. And when I wanted to leave to start DBA, Digital Brand Architects, I remember David Lauren was so upset and he was like, meet with the chief of staff who just happened to be the only other black woman really in a position of power. And she was amazing. And she said, she said, okay, she said, well, your name isn't Lauren. And if it doesn't work, you can try something else or you can come back. And so when you said, loose and try, there's no harm to lose and trying, I was like, it just brought me back to that place because I was like, you're right. That is not my last name. And I could stay here in fear because it's comfortable and because people think this is what you're supposed to do. Or you can reset yourself and you can really keep going. And I want to go back to something that you said. You you said the word extraordinary. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Before you go there, can we just
0: sit in what you just said? <laughs> I mean, hold up. Hold up. Just one second. I know it's your podcast, but I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what you just said is worth noting. Oh, my gosh. Right? Because how many times do we get hmm, lost in wearing somebody else's name? more proudly than when we wear our own name yes like it took Ooh. courage to say I trust like Kendra's enough that I don't need the coat and yes it's a nice coat it fit for a season I'm grateful I learned a lot but I don't need the coat of the Lauren name to validate me because also what happens and part of the clarity what happens for a lot of people they're not clear around their validation where it's coming from do I am I self validated or do I need that external validation of me, meaning? I'm so and so from so and so, and we can get addicted to that from so and so. And so for you to have that courage, which leads to this moment, which leads to so many extraordinary things you've generated, I just want to honor that because I think it it is harder to take off a really nice coat, and that was a really nice. I'm I'm Kendra from <laughs> like what? Like that was a nice coat for a season. So I just. I think it's important to to acknowledge we li- and we live in a culture that says that somebody else's validated name is better than you going to validate your own name. And what you okay. did was validate you are enough. I have what it takes to build for what you haven't even seen yet because you were building inside of people hadn't seen it yet. So I I'm I'm just like that's powerful and I think it is important because people often ask well how did you do it but it's though it's it's cute after the fact when it's validated and they're like oh I want to do it after that but the, it's like you got to jump before you have the evidence you have to have enough inside trust inside of you that I've got it that I'm willing to let go of something that the world tells you is is the mountaintop
1: Thank you thank you for acknowledging that because because it is it's hard to think about it and to live in that and to acknowledge it. And I think so much of it is one, I was like, I was naive. And then the more I grow in my career and the confidence myself, I'm like, dad, you like leaps. Cause to your point, it was great. It was fantastic. And and I think about to the opportunity, the access, like all the things that came from that, that also then moved me. And and it's funny because the self-validation I got, it's like you move so far. And when I started my second company, Brain Trust, and had the opportunity to be acquired by CAA, it was that moment of like, okay, I have this small agency. CAA was on my mood board for my first company. Like God put them here. This must be it. And what I realized is that I thought I had to move into that to validate. But when I got there and realized God put you here for the connections because you live in faith, because He knows that you can take this as a stepping stone to do what you want to do. And like you can validate all the things that you want because going back to the receipts, because you've done it, you actually lived it, you experienced it and you learned from it and self-validation. It's hard. And like, I think we have to continue to talk about it. Like you said, write about it so that we can stay in that space of knowing that we're enough. And then we build the things around us to continue to stand on and support us.
0: Girl, don't make me throw my my mic, my computer. Let you me see
1: your robes on. I like, was so happy. I have to say, I was so happy to see you in that place of leading the congregation, having a voice. I know it was hard to be where you were in New York, go to Atlanta, rekindle all of that, and then step into a place that's so much needed to lead the word. That's a hard position and such a vulnerable, vulnerable place to be. So I truly, I, I commend you. It just—I saw you standing there in your robe behind the podium, and I was—I just get chills thinking about it.
0: <laughs> Thank you. And for the record, it was not a robe; it was an Ivy Park bodysuit. <laughs> 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 You're like, let's just be clear. I was like, "Were you wearing a robe?" I was like, "No, that was my Ivy Park bodysuit, but it it gave the appearance." (laughs) Because part of it is like part of being enough. Because I was really scared, and I'm one of the ministers on our team there. It's it was like, "Well, God, to your point, how does how do I don't see me fitting here?" And I had a great mentor in our pastor who was just like you know, God will use all of you. Like, however you're made, I believe we all are created by a creator who loves us. And we're created in the, like, if if it's in you, you're enough. So God is not going to take you a place to where you're not a fit for where you're going. So I say that to say, I love to dance. I'm a free black woman. And my experience of who God is, is big enough that it doesn't cloud my my freedom now I will say I thought I went through this refinement I'm at one year in ministry so I'm a baby in this thing right and I thought I was like I thought I was gonna go I I didn't think I'd be by an ivy park anymore right I thought okay now I'm gonna become this mature person (laughs) um and I thought I was gonna turn into something else I was waiting for my preacher voice to show up I was like okay where is I was like oh it's just me (laughs) it's just me it's just me (laughs) And, uh, but it's the things I I thought I was gonna give. I'm an amateur burlesque dancer. I thought I'd be, you know, my dance would change. And God was like, I gave you rhythm. Like, use it, sis. Now. Let's talk about your diet. So now I'm vegan. I did not see that coming, okay? But it's been an interesting, powerful journey just to uh, give yourself permission to be all of who you are, to trust to your point of you're enough. And for some of us, particularly for people who listen to your podcast and are in your community, sometimes for us, it's not that we think all the time that we're not enough. Sometimes we think we're too much. So we start to police how much are, am I too much? Are they going to be able to receive me? So it's also not only am I... Not, I am enough. I'm also not too much. You know, there might be people who can't handle the fullness of me. That's on them. Put your sunglasses on, but it's not on me to try to minimize myself for the comfort of others.
1: That is so important. And I think that, even too, you know, when I talk about the CAA of it all, like I was too much, I was moving too fast, I was trying to create so many things. And I remember saying, if I could just like sit here and conform and not like push people to move faster, not be like, why is it taking a year to do this? Or why does it take two months to get this meeting scheduled? And I remember sitting in my office, like if you could just sit here, you'll be fine. And you have a great salary and valet parking and like this great office and i just couldn't and i couldn't and i said and it is okay to want to move faster to have big ideas to like question things and and that's another thing i think people have to say like no i'm not too much this is how i was made this is how i was built and this is what fuels me to be better and i can't life is too short to be complacent because other people want you to be that way or other people are saying that you're too much or You know, you walk down the hall smiling and laughing and it's just too loud. Like, no, that's the beauty of life is to have that. So I hear you. I'm like, that is a gem and a jewel. And the other thing that's funny that that you said is when, you know, people say it too, like when you get married, all these things are going to happen and all this stuff. And like, I was fortunate. I met my husband when we were freshmen in college in 98 And so I was always the one that like, especially in New York, like, let's go to five clubs. Let's do this. Let's do that. And so then when we got married and I was pregnant, I was like, okay, this is, this is going to be it. No more dancing on tables, all the fun things that you do in New York. (laughs) So I remember being pregnant with my daughter and it was July 4th and we were out with this group of people and I just like couldn't take it. I like start dancing. I'm like, you guys why are we going in? It's midnight. Let's stay out to two or three. And in that moment, I was like, that is just you. Like, yes. no matter <laughs> has, that is you, it's not going to change, even though you're like nine months pregnant, like just live in it. So I have to share that when we knew we were talking about changing and being a burlesque dancer, but you're, you're like, no, you gave me rhythm. I, I'm still the same person.
0: Absolutely. And I think mm, that speaks to, because of so much of what this is, Um, And what is important is to be self-defining. That's what we're talking about. Right. So part of owning your story means you you cast the characters you get to define what because even when I tell the story of, you know, what I went through of, of being a cancer survivor of being laid off in the recession of being finding out I was the other woman. I always say, and that was my good news, because the world would tell me those things were bad, right? The world would tell you, oh, you're pregnant now. So that's like self-defining. I love that Audre Lorde quote, right? If I didn't define myself for myself, you know, I'd be eaten alive by the world trying to tell me who I am. And so particularly as women, particularly as Black folk in America, like I can't wait for the world to say, you get to go, you get to be free, you get to be amazing, So I love that you have kept and honored that. And it's funny though, because we all have those moments of like what the world has told us (laughs) being a mother, being a minister, being a founder, looks like being an executive. And we're like, well, actually when I put it on, I'm going to add a little bit of my swag to it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to add a little lipstick and a red heel and like, that's what it's going to be. Okay. (laughs) Exactly. And tell me, because you know, it's been an interesting transition, I think, for just a lot of people in business and, like, the changing of media. And, like, you know, you've designed what seems to me like such a natural, organic sense of yourself, but also the path that you're on. So, like, how and even when you talk about self-defining, you know, to to leave a job to change something. And you knew it. You said, you were like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do my shows. I'm going to do my books. I'm going to do all these things. Like, what was that path towards designing this sense of like self-definement for you? Yeah. And
0: I think, I, I'm. A, let's have our keep it real moment, right? Because it all, <laughs> the other side, like everyone celebrates, you know, let's say everybody celebrates the butterfly and it can feel like hell inside of that cocoon. It's dark. You know, and literally a caterpillar has to dissolve into a puddle. So it's like it sounds good, but transformation is it can be painful. It can be lonely. It can be confusing. It can be all those things. And so I dissolved um, out of a chapter of my life. Right. I spent over a decade living in New York with this high glamorous career magazines, which was Uh, asked a lot of me and so I say that to say I don't want to like now that I'm cut into this new chapter and the business is great and I'm good and I don't (laughs) lost 20 pounds looking like I know I see you girl (laughs) I see you I want to skip over like the puddle and the fact that part of the reason you might not see it is that like I had gained 15 pounds the year my first book came out like it was a lot um so I
1: just I'm like your book came out and you immediately went on a tour That's a lot of life change. It was a lot. I mean, I would love to, I try
0: and be usually more intentional with word choice and have the perfect word, but it was just a lot. (laughs) But um, I just say that to say, you know, your spirit never lies. Your spirit never lies. And so there were, I knew I knew it was time to make a difference, uh, to make a change. And I had known for a while, part of it, I was strategic. I was like, let me stay at, at you know, staying in the editor role, having that title through my book launch was good for a press and just yeah. helped in that way leverage those relationships. But I knew I was like, the second I get through this, th- and I would love to tell you, I had this perfect plan of I had planned everything out. I didn't, I didn't, I but I knew. And I said by my birthday. This, cause, and this is the power of community, because I went to breakfast with a friend the day after Christmas in 2018. And she was one of those keep it real friends like Kendra. So she was like, <laughs> well, I mean, you've been talking about leaving. by when are you leaving? And it just it flowed out of my, my spirit. Spoke by my birthday. My birthday was February 8th. And my last day um, in my corporate role at Essence was um, February 6th, two days before my birthday. So I knew it was like, and I didn't, and I had, you know, wrapped up a lot of projects, transitioned a lot of things and just kind of knew it was time to make that next step. And it doesn't mean it all felt good. And it was all smooth. It wasn't like the company had changed owners. It was a lot of moving. Uh, Every area of my life was sort of in flux. I had moved apartments and I just wanted peace. And I prayed, I asked God for a gap year. Now I'm in the middle of my thirties. So my cousin is like, Gap years are for people who are in between high school and college. I like them, not for me. I, I, I they say, you told me you were like, it's not, not a gap year. And you were like, well, you thought you wanted a gap year you was like, you still was running your whole company. So I was like, girl, that's what I wanted a real, I didn't want the Kendra gap year. I wanted the real <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Right. So that I'll just say that to say, um, for people who are thinking sometimes to your point and with the right the tracks don't always line perfectly you don't jump maybe you you didn't jump from a six-figure career right into the business being at six probably the first year or maybe, you know i don't know but i'm saying it takes a moment to sort of get that rhythm but you're trusting that i trust the track i trust that i can build new track i trust that i'm enough to generate this next chapter so i just say that to say um it was it it was it was exciting for me. And the fun part is, you, the dope part is, and I've researched this is, you get to keep all of the lessons with you when you jump. And so there's research that shows that butterflies remember their caterpillar memories. Like if they learn something as a caterpillar, as a butterfly, they still remember it. So, meaning you want to leverage all the insight from your previous chapter into the next. And so now we're both—you're on what? You're like on my second, like you—you you, it's in different iterations you acquired. You were able to go back to being independent, like all the things and moves and pivots that really are all around that same core um, commitment.
1: Wow, that I, I literally I'm like butterflies. Remember their caterpillar years. It is true because we take it with us and it all just builds. And I do think, I think it's kind of what you said, like you had to set the intention and say, okay, before my birthday. And even if I don't have the full plan, I have to hold true to myself. And I was in a situation too, where I was literally like, I have to get out of this no matter what. And it's, it goes back to the community. And I, called someone that we both know. And I was literally, we had a whole conversation and it was like, I want to get out of mine. I was like, I got to get out of this. And like, we set a timer and I was like, okay, we literally have 45 days. And I would literally text her as the timer was going down, like on the app and it'd be like 39 days. thirty, And I remember we were literally DMing each other on IG and it was like, all right, like, we got to do it. Our time is there. And sometimes you just have to set that goal or that time and just say, I'm going to jump. And I trust that it's going to be okay. And I know that I'm going to figure it out. So I know a few things. I don't have it all, but I know if I can stay true to what I've set out for myself. And for me, I had to see it visually. Like every day I'd be like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And then I'd get the little alerts, 15 days left, 10 days left. But it It's true. It's self-fulfilling.
0: I love it. And I love, you know, two. I think it's always, you know, important to unpack what works. Right. So what worked was community. Right. Of having that accountability. What worked was leveraging what you did have, seeing it in your face, that accountability of a timer. I'm all about I have an app or something to support me in every area, because anytime you're doing something new, you don't have muscle there yet. So if you don't actually put in structure to support you, you by yourself aren't enough. And, and I, I'm not someone who overleans on just my will. I give myself support of community and what I hear is accountability and check-ins. And so I just want to distill that for anyone, like, as you're listening to know, your story might be different, but the strategy can stay the same. The strategy works.
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, and and speaking of strategy, I feel like this is an everyday strategy, but you said in an article that every day is a fresh start to do the extraordinary. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I love this. And when you talk about strategy, it's like, that's your strategy. You start every day and say like, it's now time to do something extraordinary. And so I I really wanted to kind of have you wrap us there in terms of what is, how do you hold that? Like when we say extraordinary, I think people forget that extraordinary could just be waking up on time and eating breakfast. Like it's crazy, but like what beliefs, what philosophies like what all, you know, kind of bottles up when you think about extraordinary.
0: Yeah. And I think it's the word you said before extraordinary, which is the secret sauce, which is now. Mm -hmm. because even though most people aren't living in the now we get stuck somewhere in our story we get stuck in what happened in childhood we get stuck in the layoff we get stuck in what didn't work out and so a lot of times we are not fully operating in the present because we don't some of our power has leaked out in, in our past and so I say that to say one of the secrets to the extraordinary is to be present in the now. And when you get fully present to your point, everything becomes extraordinary. Like you can actually taste the strawberries. You actually (laughs) taste the pancakes. Like so often we go through a day, we all have those days where it's like, did I eat today? What did I do today? And it's because we were moving so fast, we were not fully present. And so just taking the time to, to honor the gift of time, Means I honor this day and right now, this is the only day I have. So in this moment, wherever you are listening to this moment, me and Kendra in this moment, right now, this is the only moment we can really say we have. Yesterday gone, tomorrow is is TBD. And so, yes. really, when you really slow down to that and honor the pace of life, it allows you to be present for the extraordinary. So I think for a lot of people, if you've been fortunate to where you haven't been your life has not been severely disrupted by these pandemics, you've had an opportunity to reset your pace and to realize and just watch the seasons change, right? To watch the leaves and to watch that in nature, everything has a pace and it's not, you cannot plant anything today and eat fruit tomorrow. And in our world with its technology, in some ways, if we don't watch it, we expect life to match technology, to be instant and in everything. you know we, we, we have such luxury that we can, sometimes we can cloud our vision. So I just say that to say what you said was the secret to the extraordinary is to stay in the now. To stay present to what am I feeling? How am I wiggling my toes? Did I did I stretch today? How am I moving in my body? What am I what am I excited to eat for lunch? And so staying that is the secret sauce for me. And it's the last chapter in my book, Foss Bride. The, the eighth chapter is called Happily Ever Now. And it yes. talks about the fact that literally this is it. TikTok, your life is right now. So what are you gonna do with it now? And to release any guilt, shame, regret that would block you from being present.
1: Oh my gosh. I'm literally like, what are you going to do with your life now? This is Jim's and Joel's and all the things. And I'm, I'm so thankful for you and I'm thankful that we've been able to evolve together and have these moments to just like share and have a good girlfriend laugh. And, you know, I'm such a fan and I will be in touch and talking and all the things, especially as we get into what's to come as we move into our next now But for now, we're going to be present (laughs) and enjoy things. So we always close out um, with one thing. And so my one thing for you is about a brand that you think you're excited about, that we should check out, or that you just want our listeners to know about. What is your brand of the day? Uh,
0: So, you know, I got down to two, okay? (laughs) Okay. And one thing, well, one of the things I think, And y'all might have, somebody else might have said it, but it's new to me in the last year, I think. As women, I have started using the Honeypot Menstrual Cup. And it's amazing. And (laughs) part of being in the now means there's if there's any part of your story where you didn't enjoy a part of your story, you can rewrite, right? So I didn't enjoy puberty. And so I'm relearning my body as a grown woman. I'm like, let me try new products in quarantine. Let me try new, and I love it. And I just say, as a, it's never too late to pick up the pen and rewrite an experience. So now, you know, these years later, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm going to find my rhythm. I use the Flow app. I'm be- I like that better as like I know when my cycle is coming, just being in sync with my physical body. And then the other okay, my other one is really like because we're spending more time at home in these times as we record um I I got monogram pajamas, so shout out to the Okay, oh, oh, love
1: it. <laughs>
0: Adorable and yes, I got my mom a matching set, but the pink pineapple shop on Etsy. Um, so just, just Google Pink Pineapple Shop on Etsy, and it they, it's black owned. Shout out to the owner Courtney, they do monogram pajamas, and I just think every grown girl should have a pair of some fancy pajamas.
1: Oh my gosh, even more gems and jewels. I cannot wait. I'm so going to pink pineapple shop and I'm getting them for it's funny because my my um, sister was like, let's, and, and she became my sister when we were both like 23. So it's such a fun, exciting thing. And she was like, let's take a family photo and all wear pajamas. But we're so funny about it that we couldn't find, like we haven't found the ones that we want. So now I can't wait to hit up Courtney and be like, <laughs> okay, monogram. And of course we love Beatrice and Honeypot and she's just amazing. Yeah. She'll be on the podcast. So this is, this has just been such a wonderful time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's always a good time with us. Yes, it is. I know. We'll be together soon. And I just, I just wish you, you know, all the blessings, so much faith. Thank you so much for all that you're doing for all of us. And I can't wait to see you in real life soon. I know. Love you, sis. Thank you. Love you. It's such an amazing feeling to have community and people that have been with you through multiple transformations, and that we have. I'd like to leave you with one question from today's guest. How will you reset your life to be extraordinary? Let's all honor the pace of life and claim our legacy. Please don't forget to follow, rate, and subscribe to Business of the Beat on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Don't miss the next episode. Thank you for tuning in. Bye.
0: Business of the Beat is hosted by Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, assistant producer Jenny Salk, coordinating producer Lauren Turner, executive producer Kendra Bracken-Ferguson and Celessa Baker, edited by Fishmar Creative, executive producers Ken Johnson, Andrew Kalb, and Omar Thompson. Find Business of the Beat podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon, radio.com, or where you get your podcast. Please follow, subscribe, and rate us. Business of the Beat is a Say It Loud Network production.